Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is my privilege and my great honor to introduce my good friend, Brandon Flournoy. We also say it in English, Flournoy. There we go. A French man told him, here's how you really pronounce your name, Flournois. So, he's going to be talking on how we really feel this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give him your anointing and fill his mouth and his heart with your words and help us to understand and walk out those words that you put in his mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Morning, morning, everybody. How we doing? What a beautiful congregation today. Awesome. I'd like to also pray before we get started. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. Father, today may we have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to know and understand the revelation that your spirit can bring forth through today's complete service. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your patience upon us, your grace, your mercy upon us. And again, may, uh, may this talk today be exactly what you want it to be. May it be accurate. May it be truth. And we praise you and give you thanks. We pray these things in the precious, holy, and powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. All right, so I titled this teaching today, How Do We Really Feel? You ever had a, a visit with somebody, and when you get done talking to them, they say, now tell me how you really feel? Like you were just so transparent they were being sarcastic to you because you told them absolutely everything, left nothing on the table. Well, today I want us to through this understand where we really are uh, if we can there's there's a lot to come and I think for me personally if we know where we are and where we're called to be if we're truly honest with ourselves we can get there the Lord can take us through that refiner's fire and we can begin the walk in the direction that he would have us go not the direction that we think we need to go so the question today is, how do we really feel? Complacent, happy, sad, prosperous. Those are all, to a degree, those are all good things, but they're, they're just places to be. The place that we really want to be is in communion with the Lord. We want His presence with us. So... Stay tuned for something to happen here in just a second. All right, let's see. Station identification. All right, there's there's the slide. Let's get into the word for a second, and then we'll break this down. So Psalms 112, 1 through 5. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, and delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forevermore. Unto the upright are, there ariseth light in the darkness. 
He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. So when I first read this scripture, I had, I had looked up through the King James uh, Bible compassion. And it's only listed, we'll get to it in a second, but it's only listed 42 times. But when I read this scripture, my first thought was, man, I would like to be that guy. I want to be like this. Now, my, my, personally, my idol is the Lord, our Savior. But to on this earth, to be like that guy, to have, to have seed in verse 2, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. What is, what is that? So does that, I mean, is that saying that our kids would be great? Now, how in the world can our kids be great? It's by our teaching. It's by our example. Yes? So the generation of the upright shall be blessed. So we have... We have seed that will be mighty upon the earth, very influential, walk in the favor of the Lord. But through that generation and generations to come, they will all be blessed. So who? someone has to plant the seed, right? So if it hadn't been planted, then that's what we need to do, right? So when I read this, I, I, I just, to be full of compassion, in verse 4, uh, unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He shall, he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. There, there's times in our lives where compassion is not easy to find. Right? But if that's, if that's truly who we are, if that's our core, then we can still dig down and we can find it and we can, we can be that. So, for a good man to showeth favor and lendeth, he will guide his affairs with discretion. Just simply means that he's going to be somewhat cautious, but understand what he's doing. Uh, to show favor and lendeth also can be from compassion, right? So this this to me is a measure of a man that, boy, if I could if I could just do that, that'd be great. So, compassion. Just to break this down a little bit, there's 41 uh, Bible verses in the King James with compassion in them. What is compassion? When, when I first hear that word before I, I did some, some serious research, I just thought, well, I was like, that's just showing pity or uh, I feel sorry for someone. That's not all there is to compassion, but that is a small part of it. But why would you feel that way to someone, especially a stranger? Let's just say you're walking through the mall, you're walking through a shopping center, whatever, and you see somebody and boom, the compassion hits you. Why is that? What, what the world? Is it spiritual? I mean, is it just something you see? Why, why is that? Well, for me, with compassion... A lot of times, I, I really, I like to pray over people who are hurting. I like to pray over people who 
have a physical ailment that needs attention. I like to be used of the Father in that way. So for the example of walking through the mall, if I just immediately feel compassion to somebody, usually it's because I want to see a blessing to them from the Lord. I want to see, well, his power and his might used in such a way that it blesses someone else. I mean, we're just the vessel, of course, but we have to be willing to to do it, right? So next question, is it a product? Is compassion a product? Is it something you can just go buy off the shelf? Not really. Is it tangible? Could it be tangible? Yes. We'll cover that here in a second. So if it can be tangible, how so? Well, let's let's read a few more verses and then we'll we'll get into that. So Luke ten, thirty two and thirty four through thirty four says, And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked upon him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. So, the compassion is that the Samaritan, walking down the road, or on his beast, saw a guy and said, hey, I got a I do have some pity. I see there's an issue here. Let me help you. And so he did, but the Levite did not. So I've got a story to tell about Luke 10, 32 specifically. Let me read it one more time. And likewise, the Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by him on the other side. So literally just several months ago, I was in another town doing some plumbing work and it was close to the end of the day and for me four four thirty hits i'm usually pretty pretty well spent i'm done so that particular day i had been been doing a lot of gas work which involves sizing and fitting and turning wrenches and teflon and pipe doping i mean you just your hands are black you're dirty you're tired you've had to fit a million fittings and extensions together and it's just you're on your knees it was a long day and so I needed a few more parts to finish the day to complete the task that I had set forth for me and I had to go pick up some stuff I was just a few fittings parts short and so I'm headed towards my plumbing shop and I'm literally two blocks away and I see a lady pushing a shopping cart. You can tell she's homeless. She's wearing the most bright red outfit you've ever seen in your life. You stuck out like a sore thumb. And in the area where my shop is, there's a lot of that because there's a Salvation Army a few blocks one way, and then there's a church that feeds the homeless lunch just a few blocks the other way. So a lot of traffic like that there. But I saw this particular lady, and I sensed water. 
this was pretty well back in the summer last year. It was hot, very hot. And so I'm, I, when I get to work, I tend to get a little focused on what I'm doing. And this particular day at 4.30, I was focused. I needed a few parts. I needed to get them so I could call it a day and I could go home. I saw that lady and sensed that I was to give her water. And I said, well, I'll be right back by here in a minute. Let me go to the shop and do that. And I forgot all about it. Straight up forgot all about it. So ended up finishing the day, get home, and the first, I mean, I didn't no more than sit down. I sat down, you know, you're just releasing off of you the day, so to speak, and Luke 10.32, that's what I heard. And so I was like, all right, this can be another compassion verse. I need this one for the talk I'm trying to put together. And so I read that, and I went, Yes, I immediately remembered what I didn't do, immediately. I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now? And so I read verse 33 because, you know, it's taught and it's good to read the verse before and after to begin to understand. And so I read the verse after, which is 33, which has compassion. And it's like, all right, good. I'm not in trouble. I didn't do anything wrong. So... Somebody in here is going to know this, but do you think I didn't have an encounter with this lady in red the next day? I sure did. How do you think that happened? Gave me another chance. That's exactly right. Yes, praise the Lord. Gave me another chance. Now, how in the world do you think he orchestrated that? I'll tell you how he did it. The very next day, I was running some service calls in town. No big deal, but I was going to end up having a break between some calls, so I was going to go back to the shop and have lunch. I don't ever get to do that. It's just not on the schedule. If I can, great, but it's not something that's a priority. So guess what I found when I went back to the shop and had my lunch? That lady was asleep on the front porch. The front porch. There was absolutely no way in the world to say, okay, I didn't miss this yesterday. Hmm, not a chance. So anyways, uh, went into the shop, did a couple things, came back out and gave the lady some water. and uh, You could tell she... I ain't never heard a, a raspy voice like this. I mean, she, it, she, she'd had a tough life. It was, something was pretty rough on her. But anyways, I gave her the water. You could tell she, uh, she didn't care where she went to the restroom. And she, when I gave her the water, she said, I'll be out in a minute. I said, I don't care. You stay here as long as you need to. It ain't, you ain't bothering nobody. And I promise you, she was so thirsty I had 10 feet to the driver's door of the pickup. She had a bottle down before I got to the truck. She was that thirsty. So, anyways, I, I want to say I learned my lesson on that one. But uh, there, a few years prior, there had been a couple of instances just like that. Be driving down the road in the middle of the summer and 
you see somebody homeless with three coats and a toboggan on. It's 100 degrees outside, and you're going, what? How can you wear something like that? And you pull over, and you've got a cooler full of water, and they want half of it. So, I mean, you give it to them, but that's, that's tough. That's tough. So it's good to have compassion on others, whether it's convenient or not, right? So in the Hebrew, we pronounce compassion. Let's see if I can do this. My, I'm a little dry this morning. It's pronounced racham. So when you break down in the Hebrew compassion, you get pity, love, merciful. Uh, to have compassion, be merciful, or, or have pity on someone. So to me, when I, when, I, when I see this breakdown, I go, so compassion isn't just something of its own. There's more to it than just compassion. No different than love or pity. They all, they're all interlinked in, in, in certain ways. So like I said earlier, compassion is listed in the Bible 41 times, but you look up love in the King James, and it's 442 times. But they're interlinked to a degree, right? So in that, compassion, compassionate, to have compassion on someone is pretty important, seems like to me. Let's read another scripture. Psalm 86, 14 through 16. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. So, in this particular verse, verses, we're looking for compassion. This isn't giving, giving, giving. This is, I need compassion. In different times in my life, there, there have been points where, even if I wouldn't admit it, I needed it. You know, sometimes it seems like the world really, really can get on top of you. And, you know, you could say, well, it's because you let it. I don't know if if it's necessarily that in, in its entirety. But uh, have we ever felt like the world was attacking us? And I know especially through small business, if you're not careful, it, it can, it really can get to you. Uh, it's, it's not a tricky game, but you've got to be, you got to be careful. You got to make sure that, uh, you put on that full armor every morning because you don't know what tests or attacks or blessings are coming. You know, we always refer to the, the negative side of things, but we need to be ready for all of it. We need to be willing to accept that hand from someone else from time to time. Because we need it. We all do. Ain't nobody in here tough enough to get through it in its entirety except the one that did it for us, right? 
Uh-oh, did I push a button? Okay. So, number two, but we also knew that the Lord was with us through those hard times. He hears us when no one else does. You ever had a day where you want to go talk to somebody about it, but ain't nobody going to listen? Yeah, well, he's always, he's always our rear guard. He's always got us. He'll always listen. Sometimes we just need to get it off our chest, huh? So, uh, number four, has anyone ever received compassion? And if you've got a short two-minute testimony, come on up and, and we'll share it real quick. Anybody? It's all right. If you do, come on. Come on. Good morning, sir. How are you? Great. So this is very much in line with what Brandon's talking about. Um, I think I had a talk before, and I, I kind of spoke about how I'd missed the boat on uh, a particular guy that had came into my life, and much like Brandon, I, I missed the boat. The really good news out of that is that my daughter, uh, later, Alina, you guys all know Alina, <clears throat> she was at her, um, she came to our house, and it was like really cold out. She didn't have a coat, and Barb and I are looking at her like, you have coats, we know you have coats. And after my talk that day, we didn't, I, I didn't think back on that, just other than a kid forgetting their coat, right? So she told me that day after I did that 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 did have an, have an impact on her. And, and what it was was that day that she came to our house without a coat, she said she saw a lady in the street that was homeless and it was the middle of winter, and she gave her her coat. And so so even though I blew it, my daughter picked it up and, and gave compassion to me through my kids. So, Amen. yeah. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. So it's again, it's it's tough to receive compassion, you know, because we're we're all tough guys, especially us gentlemen around here. We can we can do just about anything by ourselves and for ourselves. But there comes a point where, it, for me, it, it breaks me down. I have to just fall on my knees and go, all right, hey. And it's not a it's not a fight against the Lord by any means, but I just have to surrender and say, you know what, I can't do this all by myself. I gotta have you. I gotta have you. So number five, has God ever touched one of us in such a way that you knew it was his compassion upon you? And we've all we've all got some sort of story where we have seen the Lord touch us. We've seen the Lord touch us. I'll never forget one night I just said, Lord, just just before falling asleep, Lord, only your hand can give me the true rest beyond measure. And I forget what the verse of Scripture was that I quoted, but it was from the Word. And I'll tell you, the next morning when I woke up, it's like I hadn't been on this earth a day in my life. It was the most fresh, renewing I had ever felt in my life. I wasn't tired, I was in my spirit, I wasn't fighting anything, I wasn't burdened in any way. I woke up and my first thought was, absolutely, thank you so much. Thank you. So the Lord has compassion upon his, so just receive what's yours. It's already been allotted for you. Just receive what's yours, and, and it helps. It's, it's good. It's a relationship. 
that's the way that that can work. So, number six, this is this is supposed to be a note more than anything, but uh, one day I was eating lunch, and uh, whatever it was, probably a sandwich, and I was with Sharonda. We had met at the house, and uh, just sitting there, not really talking or doing anything, just having our lunch, and all of a sudden I looked up, and my my eyes just pretty well, they went, my vision blurred immediately, and my eyes felt like they were about to cross, and there was something just right in the middle i mean you can't you can't touch it it was just right in the middle of my head you can't you can't get there and it 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 tingled it didn't hurt but it tingled for just a second and just about the time i was gonna start pleading the blood of jesus it just it stopped and i had been under a lot of stress for several years prior to that but the minute that stopped I didn't have any more fogginess I was I was having to take a second kind of like I do up here I was having to take a second and collect my thoughts a little bit and process things whereas before it wasn't a struggle at all I could just you know and so whatever he the Lord touched me is what it amounts to but whatever he did it cleared everything up for me so that I could continue on the path to be right here today. But that was compassion. He knew there was something in me, in this body, that needed to be touched, and he touched it. I hadn't prayed for it. I didn't know to pray for it. That's no excuse, but I didn't. I just I didn't have a clue, but he did. So he put his compassion on us. So number seven have we seen people come and go in our lives as needed in different seasons? And to me personally, that is also compassion when the Lord brings folks into our lives for a time and then for whatever reason that season's up and it's time to move on. I've seen that so many times uh, in my life. It's... I guess because I'm up here, the stories have to be about me, but I'm sure all of you have, have had situations like that. And I just want to encourage you if, you, if you don't know for a fact that you have, just sit down for a minute and be still, and he'll show you where he has. Because each and every one of you in here today is just as important as the other. Romans 2.11 says that God is no respecter of persons. He loves us all the same. We all have the same, the same tap so to speak so Matthew 20 31 through 34 the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace but they cried the more saying have mercy on us O Lord thou son of David and Jesus stood still and called them and said what will ye that I shall do unto you they say unto him Lord that our eyes may be opened So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. So my little side note here is with how much compassion God has shown us, how much compassion would someone be willing to give a stranger? 
And this kind of goes back to just simply walking through the mall and you see someone that really could use a touch from the Lord and you see them and it just immediately hits you, I want to go pray for them. I want to go see the Lord get the glory for this person in whatever aspect. So the question is, Jesus went all the way for us completely. So how far are we willing to go out of our way to put ourselves aside to follow and do whatever we are directed to do, especially to a stranger? It's a little more convenient here today on a Sunday morning to go talk to a friend or whatever. So I do have a a story on that. There was, I guess it was several years ago now, there was a a time in my life where I hadn't been, I didn't feel anyways, that I had been used of the Lord in a way that he desired. So I fell to my knees for about a week. I do that every day, but I fell to my knees for a week specifically asking the Lord to bring an absolute complete stranger into into our lives so that we could be used of his service. And so it, it did take about a week, and we got a phone call from a friend of a friend of a friend that Sharonda's family knew, my wife, and she had a friend, stranger, to us in the hospital. And so that, that night we went up to the hospital to see this fella. His name was Harry. Uh, course when we got the call I was just so excited and ready to go Sharon was like hang on a minute bud we need to pray we need to put on our armor we need to do this we need to do that before we step out the door I was ready to just grab my wallet and go so we did that we get to the hospital and Harry is in ICU with a couple things one was internal bleeding that they couldn't find So I think it was twice a day they were giving him a bag of blood. I don't know how much that is, but they were giving him two of those every day. And the other thing was he was on a ventilator. He couldn't breathe on his own. He was The ventilator was being used, I believe, at 82%. So to me, he just couldn't do it anymore. So Sharon and I, together... But I, she let me do all the talking. But we, we prayed over this guy. And we commanded the internal bleeding to stop. And we spoke life back into Harry. And within two days, he was out of ICU. He couldn't talk. He could, he could move his lips and try to talk, but he didn't have a voice. But in two days, he was out of ICU, no more internal bleeding, all that stuff. And I had sensed that particular morning I needed to go back and see him again. Of course, I had no idea why at that time. So I go back up there and uh, visit with the friend and and Harry. And uh, she said to me, I don't know if he's saved. And I said, really? Okay, well, that's why I'm here then, I guess. And so we prayed the sinner's prayer. And I, I don't understand this, but all the guy did was just point and try to try to talk. He pointed and tried to talk, but 
He said the sinner's prayer with us, you could tell. And I left. And within, I think it was about 24 hours, he went on, in my opinion, to be with the Lord. So having compassion on someone like that, that, I mean, that was, I had to leave the house. I could have stayed at the house and done whatever, but I was willing to go to whatever length needed to help whoever the Lord brought. So my heart's desire was really just to serve the Lord in that capacity. I didn't, I didn't want to do it for any other reason other than for his benefit. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to see Harry again. But as we go through the scriptures, we see that the Lord touched people, but it was never for his own benefit. It was for testimony of the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. So Luke fifteen twenty through 22, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him in compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. So, in the prodigal son story here, the compassion was from the father to the son. Now, how in the world could the father just immediately have compassion for his son the minute he sees him a ways off coming this way? Now, I've... I got a few stories on that too, but in order to see someone and have that, it's already there. This this was that was a predetermined decision by the father probably the minute the boy left. Absolutely had to be. So to see the son and just to immediately receive him in any way, shape, or form, that compassion was already there. It was already decided that this is how much I love my son. Remember, they're all, they're all encompassed here with compassion and love and pity and so forth. So, is having compassion towards others a natural thing? Is it something that we can all just absolutely, here we go? I know for me, it's, I, I grew up plumbing. It's all I've ever done. I've worked two other places in my life. They were both mechanical shops. They stuck me in the plumbing department. So I've only had three different jobs in my life, and they all consisted of plumbing. But that's, no matter how you shake it, that's a, that's a service that you provide for the public. Plumber. That's just what you do. And so I, for me... I had I had several things to work through, especially as a young man. I didn't feel like a shovel was meant for me. It sure did not. A shovel does not, did not fit my hand. But let me tell you, through that, there was a lot of humility 
that I had to swallow that I had never had to swallow before. There was a lot of uh, really servitude that had to come forth. Is it? Uh, you, listen, let me tell you, you can't charge enough for what a plumber does, in my opinion. And I don't mean that in the regard that I want to make a million dollars next year and go retire. It's work. It's hard work. And sometimes what you have to put up with behind you, giving you this, is harder work than the work itself. No, but especially as a young man, I had to really, I had to let the Lord deal with me in teaching me these things. And there, there's time where, so to speak, you had to, you had to eat some humble pie. You just had to flat out admit, I messed up. Whatever I need to do to fix it, I will. And I'll tell you a little secret. As a business owner, whatever you do, if you've messed up, whether it's your fault or not, <clears throat> I just found this, found this to be very unique. But if you give them their money back, doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. If you give them their money back, boom, shuts it down. There's no fight. There, I mean, like that, it's over. They can't say anything about I don't know what happens, but when that transaction is canceled, it's deleted. They don't say anything. They're not going to say anything good about you, but they can't say anything bad about you. So remember that. Whether you're right or wrong, Give it back. Doesn't matter. The fight's definitely not worth it anyways. So to me, having compassion to others was something I had to learn. It wasn't it wasn't something that I just naturally had in me to go fix a whole bunch of plumbing for free, so to speak. You know, but at the same time, Mr. Harry, he needed a touch from the Lord, or he might not be with us soon you know what I mean so to what extent is too great to show that compassion that love that pity towards others I mean we got the the perfect example right here gave us everything absolutely everything for us and, and it's absolutely free it's a free choice we don't have to receive that but he went he went the whole gamut for you to turn around and say, well, no thanks. Really? So anyways, let's go to Luke seven twelve through 14. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. So she had just lost her son. But at the same time, according to verse 12, she either had a husband and he passed or he left. And so verse 13, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. And, and he came and touched the bear and they that bear him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. So. When we see things like that, I, I'll just tell you, I didn't, this is just a personal something for me, a personal moment, but there was a, we had a, 
a secretary at the shop years ago. Uh, he was a, a man. Usually when you say secretary, people just assume a woman. But this guy had a son that loved to hunt. And long story short, there was there ended up being a loaded gun in the truck when they left. And someone was messing with it, and it fired. And it killed the boy. Terrible wreck. The driver ended up being in the hospital for about six months in ICU. Barely survived. But... I guess the question out of the story is I really felt in my heart and I had prayed for others before this and we had seen pinched nerves come forth, no more pain in the back, uh, poisonous spider bites, you know, just things like that. But at the funeral, I didn't do this, but I thought this boy needs to be here. He was 25 years old. That was an accident. You know, people can say, well, the Lord just wanted him home. Well, I'm not going to chase that rabbit, but what if he needed to be here? I don't know if I should or I shouldn't. I didn't. But are we willing and ready and able to stand up at a funeral and go touch someone in the casket and them come forth? I mean... In the word, it says that followers of the Lord, we need to be ready to do greater works. The Lord told us we would do greater works. And that's not a greater work. That's no different than than this right here. It's not greater. It's the same, maybe. But it's not greater. So are we ready for the greater? <laughs> Everybody's in here saying yes. So where does compassion fit? In all of this, what is the foundation of miracles? So like I've said a few times, compassion, when you break it down in the Hebrew, and we'll get to the Greek here in a second. There's the Greek. We'll go ahead and talk about it. In the Hebrew, it talks about love uh, and pity. In the Greek, when you break it down, it's all about mercy. And so do we have what it takes to incorporate all of those ingredients so to speak to function the way we're going to be required to function in our hearts to to do those miracles the greater works because they're coming the word says they are so what do we do what do we do to get ready for that what what does it take so the next, the next bullet point is how do we function slash interact with others? So I, I've got a situation at work now where it wasn't the plumber's fault, but it's always the plumber's fault, always. So I, the way I have treated all the accusations about certain issues this particular job being my fault, I don't get upset at anybody. I mean, everybody's telling me, you're going to pay for this, and you're going to do this, and this is all your fault. I say, okay, well, Lord, what are we going to do? That's exactly what I say. Lord, how are we going to handle this? Because I'll work, I'll do, I know my position now, I know my place, so you know the capacity of me being in this place, what can I do to suffice this issue? So 
I've just made it a point, no matter what, not to not to show emotion that's negative towards these folks. I mean, in fact, it was just the other day, this has been going on for a while, I finally, finally said, you know, in my own defense, why am I the only one that's having to foot these bills? And it wasn't mean or ugly or I wasn't mad when I said it. But it just raised the question, because it's always the plumber's fault, why is everybody jumping on the bandwagon towards this guy when, whether it was that guy's fault or not, we all built this house together, didn't we? You know, so why aren't we supporting each other and locking arms, going, okay, well, I'll handle this, I'll handle this, I'll handle this, and nobody's out anything. But that's not the way it's gone. So just please be mindful of how you treat others because I don't know I don't know the full outcome of the situation. I don't know what the Lord's gonna do, but I certainly don't want to be negative about it and turn around and regret that because of what's coming. But don't don't lay down either. You know? Don't let them just completely just trample over you. But anyways, first Corinthians thirteen thirteen and now abideth faith, hope and charity these three but the greatest of these is charity so if the greatest fruit is charity which is love how are we to be towards others we always need to act in love now there is tough love I've had many situations got a 23 year old daughter so uh, there have been many situations of tough love it's not easy but it's it's a part of it So if we are to meet the devil inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, how are we going to do that? Well, I personally think before it gets here, we need to start the preparation now. So to speak, a wedding. You don't plan a wedding a week before the the ceremony. It takes time, right? A lot of scheduling, a lot of hands involved. So work on that now so that when it comes time, to meet the devil inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, all we got to do is take that step. We're ready to go. So are we done? Are we done? <laughs> we, we can stop. We can stop. I uh, already covered in the Greek, uh, breaking down compassion is about mercy. And we all should, should really have mercy for, for others. Well, we're stuck on that slide, so maybe we should go ahead and, and call it. How do you do? Okay, I have something I want to say. But before I say it, I think they have something they want to say. Seriously, how do you do? I thought he did excellent. What did you like about what he said or what he did? Anyone? Yes, sir. Personal testimonies. It's hard to beat that. Someone else? Yes. Personal testimonies, he said. I don't see your heart. Yes. 
Yes. She said she sees the heart. Yes. Sees his heart is good. We can all identify with that. We can identify with his talk. <laughs> Any others? Before I say something? Iron sharpens iron. What he says is very applicable. We can all take that and take it a step higher, right? Okay. As you know, I was a public speaking instructor for 13 years. I heard about 80 talks in each one of the classes, and I taught typically two to three classes a week. So if you want to multiply that up, I have heard thousands and thousands of talks. Let me just say, the thing that every public speaker is looking for, you had. And it is hard to get. I don't know if you want to call it the word spellbound, mesmerized, but when an audience gets so involved in the speaker to where the little things stop. In other words, as a person is talking, a baby cries, they scratch, they shift in their chair. There's, they're, they're, you're alive. But when you get an audience to where they are frozen, when they're not blinking, they're not scratching their head, they're not shifting in the chair, they're not moving, because they're totally engrossed, totally listening, totally involved in what you're saying. You have reached the top. You were nervous. You were one of you could do this. And yet you did that. You got that reaction from that audience, which is extremely difficult to get. That's one of the best talks I've seen on this platform. Thank you, sir. You should never be concerned about speaking before a group. He was saying, it's okay if I get up here and sing for 45 minutes. What do I do if I have to talk for 45 minutes? I would say he should not be worrying about his talks. Would you say so? Good job, my brother. Good job. Take a 15-minute break. We'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. So glad for you guys to be here this morning. Um, I asked last week for some praise reports. So start thinking in your minds for some praise reports, and I'll get back to you here in just a second. Let's go through announcements. Um, all right. So our chili cook-off is going to be Super Bowl Sunday. So I know you've mentioned it. I know you've mentioned it. No, you've mentioned it. I know you've mentioned it. Oh, and I know you, Brandon, have mentioned it, that you're going to enter in the chili contest, right? Yeah! And Eni, Stan, that's right. So make sure you get your name on that list and double or triple your portions. Make that crock pot or whatever you're bringing it in extra full because we're not going to want just a little taste. We're going to have bowls after we name the winner and have our lunch for the Super Bowl Sunday. So that's going to be February 12th. Wear your favorite sports team. If you still fit in your high school or college football team or basketball team or whatever it is, sure, go for it. Uh, some people come in referee outfits, which are really awesome. So it doesn't matter what sport it is or how old it is or if it's in another country. Just wear your favorite sports team attire and let's just have fun with it. Um, so that's going to be February 12th. After, after church, we'll do the chili cookout or cook-off contest. Um, I also have the bread list, which is our morning 
breakfast gathering, mingling time. Uh, it's always so fun to come and see what different type of breads we're going to get and taste them and try them. If you don't have bread kit, I can tell you where to get one. <laughs> Josephskitchen.com. <laughs> so it is really fun, but do make sure you get your name on the list. If not, Michelle's going to hunt some people down and tell them you're bringing it this Sunday. Um, it's so fun for us to all contribute and be a part of that. And it is enjoyable. If you haven't made read before it really is quite fun um and yummy then we also have normal breakfast donuts cereal toaster oven things whatever you want cereal <laughs> anything you want to bring for the breakfast we have that on the list as well so i'm going to hand these around and make sure you get the chili cookout contest donuts and bread and pass that if you don't have the 2023 um new schedule, then those are up at the front desk or raise your hand and we'll get you one of those as well. All right. That's it for announcements. Who has a praise report? Okay. Well, no, no, I need to tell them. Uh, on the 29th, oh, yeah. we have Shauna Martell coming in and I have a bit of a history with this one. Shauna attended our Prophecy Club meetings for a number of years, her and her husband, Mike. And in one of those meetings, Mike received Jesus. And they're longtime Prophecy Club people. And friends. And uh, one day she walked in and her husband had taken a rifle and put it to the bottom of his chin. And literally, she said, it blew his face off. She said, I walked in and I found my husband dead like this. Now, you'd think that's very, very bad, <clears throat> but the bad stuff had not yet begun. She discovered that she didn't even know the passwords to anything. She had no access to the bank accounts. She, had, she couldn't make her house payment. She couldn't make a car payment. She didn't have any access to any of the financial records, and she was about to discover there's a reason why, because they were in shambles, which was probably the reason he killed himself. And she was consequently had five lawsuits filed against her. They had no money. She had uh, no job. Everything just fell apart. The lawsuits totaled about $600,000. So not only did she not have any money, had no way to make house payments. She had no way, no place to live, no place for the kids, the three children to, she said she didn't know what to do. So try to imagine everything, everything in her life had fallen apart. And in that, she grabbed onto the Bible. She says, I literally slept with the Bible, hugging it. Like some people do a, a pillow. I literally slept with the Bible. I read the Bible, I quoted the Bible back to God all the time. I was raised in a good church. I knew the Bible, I kept hanging on to that Bible. And she says, and finally, she tells a story about how she was taken to heaven. You do not want to miss this topic. You do not want to miss this story. She'll be talking on Sunday morning. She was taken to heaven. She'll tell you what she saw there. She was told many things and it is, I think it's, an encouraging story to know that 
no matter how bad it gets out there, our God is able. He is a very present help in trouble. And he helped her. I need to hear this story for a little bit of encouragement. So my guess is you do too. So you do not want to miss January 29th, right here, Shauna Martell, Sunday morning for the service. She's going to be giving her testimony, both in the morning and the, uh, the, 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 the Afternoon. main service. Afternoon. Yeah, the main service. Okay. okay, The morning service and the main service. So come and bring a friend. And I'm going to put it on Prophecy Club this week probably. So my guess is the place will be packed. My suggestion is you be here on time, as in like 9.30. Awesome. That sounds exciting. I want to be there for that as well. Okay, praise reports. Wow. Praise reports. All right, guys. We got one back here. Um, Tell it, and then I'll repeat it so everyone can hear. That is awesome. So a friend of yours you've known, grew up with, school together, I uh, finally got well, through prayer and everything, got her hip replacement surgery and is doing great. That is wonderful. That is a praise report. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. My son's been in and out of prison for a long time. A lot of you already know. Okay. I received a letter from him. And he's going on. He will be February 8th. He will be 47 years old. And almost all his teenager life till now, he's been in trouble after trouble after trouble. Lord showed me the vision of him. He's going to be evangelist, be his testimony. And I saw him with the salt and pepper hair. But anyway, this is the first time. First time I really sensed, because he wrote me a letter and he said, Mom, I'm so sorry for wasting my life all this time. And you are the, well, you are the only one stood by me for all this time. He said, I really realize he needs a change. And that's from God, right? Okay, because you cannot change without God. And I really sense this time, he really looking at his life. First time. Usually when I talk to him on the phone, oh, mom, I changed. I can tell already just sound of his voice. But this time, I see the light. I see the hope. So I wanted to praise God for that. And I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. What a praise report. Okay, next week. Hands go flying in the air. Because if we're not doing our job, we're not standing still. We're moving backwards. We've got to keep moving forward and asking God to bring those into our lives. We can give them the salvation or give them a praise report. We've got to look and see in our hearts and in our lives where God is. Because there should be a praise report and a testimony every day because he is doing miracles in our lives. Amen. So start thinking about those. Start praying for those. And next week we'll ask again. All right, it's time for offering. Oh, out there. Hello, good morning. 
all your beautiful smiling faces and some of the ladies have really beautiful hats on Nigerian bright colored hats very good looking so it's time for offering um, this one I believe is Spirit of Prophecy Church right and this is for the missions so get it in the right one be sure to put something in both amen <laughs> ties and offerings so I would think in about April we will have Passover and then in 50 days Pentecost and right before Passover you have the latter rains so this is seed there is a spiritual connection to money gold and silver that's God's money right money is also called a seed our children are called a seed Brandon talked about our children being seed so there's lots of ways to plant seed and Spirit of Prophecy Church needs finances we're just like every other church we have electrical to pay and we have children's ministry and they like to eat sweets and bread and that costs money so you're supporting us and in return we pray for all of you that the Lord would touch you and multiply your giving so don't all stampede here so I have to jump back online you can scroll down there's a donate button you're not off the hook so support get blessed this is I'll say it this way opportunity knocking don't say no I gave it the office maybe you did give it the office but we cannot outgive God and his blessings are not only now for today but in the future moth won't eat rust won't wear it out like our cars here rusting away the thief can't break in and steal you'll have an eternal reward well looky there the young children teach your children in the way they should go and when they get old they'll still walk with the Lord amen, amen. they will not depart from it <clears throat> okay I want to pray a special blessing. Now, if you didn't put anything in, then go ahead and include yourself in it. But if you did, obviously that, that means your seed can multiply more. If you're one that is a little tight in your finances, kind of sneak your hand up a little bit. If you're one that's very tight in your finances, you really need a financial blessing. Going to raise your hand up. <laughs> Lord, you saw the request. You already know. You kill, you make alive. You wound, you heal, and neither can any deliver out of your hand. You have the keys of hell and death. You made heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things that are therein. And Lord, we ask that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to our congregation, especially those people that raise their hands, that they will not be room enough to receive. Specifically, 
Those people that are needing a job, those people are needing a better place to live or a better job, Lord, take them up another notch from where, wherever they are. And we thank you for these gifts and offerings in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. I touch and agree with that, Lord, and I ask you to humbly accept this offering. This is blood, sweat, and tears in here, Lord. But we give it to you with joyful hearts, and we ask you to accept it and bless the people back in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, let's stand up. It's time to praise our God. Amen. We praise him and give in tithes and offering. We praise him in song. Praise him in dance. We all got instruments. We got keys we can dangle. We have praise shields in the back. We can dance around. <laughs> dance around. Uh, and you guys know that we are a friend of God. And he is our friend. It's a relationship. So this first song, Friend of God, that's what we're singing about. You're proclaiming and saying, yes, God, you'll see me through this. You're my friend. I am your friend. So make sure that the songs mean something to you and they're not just music. They're not just sweet songs going through one ear and out the other. Let these songs mean something. If you need to get out of your comfort zone, get into a different area and just praise him on your own. This is about you and your time to praise our God, our mighty God. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you. You are worthy to be praised. King of kings and Lord of lords. You are our friend, Father. We sing a sweet song to your ear. Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your mighty name. Sing, I am a friend of God. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? And is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Singing, is it true? And is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Yes, you do, Lord. 
And is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Of God, He calls me friend. Yes, I am a friend of God. Whoa, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Yes, He does. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Singing God Almighty. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend.
I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. Yes. Yes. Blessed be the name of the Lord who was and is and is to come. In the land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun is shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. And every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Jesus. 
joy of the Lord is our strength. We will praise him in all things. forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love That you, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were content. I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die?
your name and speak of how wonderful worthy and holy is he with like-minded people who fellowship one another with you lord we thank you for this time we can scream it from the rooftops and praise your mighty name in the name of jesus amen you may be seated Awesome praise and worship team. Felt the presence of the Lord, amen? Thank you. Thank you, it's here. I brought it with me today, how about you? We take Jesus everywhere we go, right? Even, you know, Jesus likes to go to Walmart. Lord, I ask you to bless Apostle Stan this morning with the presence again in the anointing to let it come down upon him. The message, I don't know what it is, but it's eternal. It's eternal because the word is never, ever going to stop. It's always going to continue. And you know what? It goes out to perform what it was sent to do. It never returns void. It prospers in the thing it was sent. So, Lord, we receive Amen. your message, and I ask Amen. you to take it with you. He's going to show you how to build and operate and function in the kingdom of heaven. So receive it with joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, we do ask for your anointing. We ask for you to fill my mouth with your words, as that's what we've gathered here today, to worship you and to hear from you. So, Lord, we would ask that we would hear you speak to us today and that you would guide us and direct us in the things to help us to become more Christ-like. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, does anybody know what AGT is? A-G-T, those letters, do you know those? He's correct. Say it again. Americans Got Talent. Okay, very good. Um, Do you know what American Idol is? (laughs) It's entertainment, right? I was playing racquetball Saturday morning, which I seldom do. Leslie's out of town, so I had 
some a, a little bit of boredom in my life, so I thought I would go and play racquetball. And I got into conversation. Now, I already knew this guy from previous conversations. I've known him for several years, played racquetball with him several years. I already know he goes to church. I already knows that he is a pretty good Christian. He's very involved in his church. So I said, uh, so how's retirement? Because he had just recently retired. He said, it's great. And I was just, I don't understand. So that's sort of what I said to him. I said, I don't understand. I said, what's it like being retired? He said, it's because I'm 69. Okay, so technically I could be retired. I said, so what's it like? Yeah, it's great. I said, well, help me to understand. What is a typical day for someone? I mean, what's a typical day for you? He said, well, I get up in the morning and I cook my wife uh, some eggs or some breakfast or something, and she goes off to work. She still works. He said, then I'll go walk the dogs. And then, you know, I'll maybe do something outside, check the lawn or the landscape or something a little bit like that. And he said, maybe I'll go down and, and play some cards with some of the guys and and then come back home and I said, watch some TV. He said, yeah, watch some TV, some game shows, some game shows. And I thought, I would be so bored. I don't ever see myself retiring like that. Amen. As a matter of fact, to tell you one of my little secret things, I believe that God gave me a revelation about the morning star. And there's a scripture in Revelation that says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and as the vessels of a potter they shall be broken to shivers. And I shall give him, even as, as, as I received my father, and I'll give him the morning star. Now we know that the morning star was also given to the two witnesses. These are my two witnesses. And the two, candle, the two olive trees, two candlesticks, stand before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must be in this manner killed. <coughs> so we know that the morning star is also when Jesus returns on that white horse and he brandishes his sword with the breath of his nostrils. He blows down that glory. That is the morning star. We talked about that, so I'll, I'll skip it there. So my heart has always been, I want to get that morning star. And it may be, I don't know, maybe you don't either know, maybe more than just the two witnesses get it. I don't know, but whenever I, I would like to get the morning star. So my heart has always been, I want to serve him to the very last days. I don't see myself as a time where I'm doing this, watching game shows all day long. I, I, I just, I that. I would just, and then so after that conversation, I sat there for a minute, I was waiting for another game, and a couple of other guys got on, they were playing, so I just began to look around, and I asked myself one question, where are these guys with the Lord? I'll ask you the same question, where are you with the Lord? And I began to realize like he was speaking to me. And then later on in my prayer closet, 
that night, he, he was also speaking to me about what he wanted me to bring today, and that is to ask yourself one question. Are you seeking the Lord? One guy that I often play racquetball with, and he always beats me. As a matter of fact, my, another guy I play with, <laughs> Gil, <laughs> he said, I've never beat the guy. I said, well, I haven't either. I didn't come close to the guy. He's, he's really good. Yeah. It, but he, he mentioned, he says, hey, I saw your face on the, inter, on, on the on YouTube. I said, how's that? He said, well, I was looking up aliens, and he said, Here's, <laughs> here are you in, introducing some guy. And it was Bill Sneblin talking about exposing the Illuminati. He said, man, yeah, you had dark hair, dark mustache, and you're a young guy. I thought, well, at least you recognized me. He said, yeah, I told my wife, I said, man, I play racquetball with that guy. I know that guy. You don't know him. Yeah, I do. I never forget a face. That's, that's it. That, that's his name. That, that's him. That's, that's him. You don't play. You don't know him. So I said, yeah, that, that was me. I might have to show my driver's license to prove it these days from my looks. But... I began to see in the hearts of the people, most of them that are Christians are not really seeking God. So now that's the question for all of us this morning. Are we seeking God? So in preparation for this, I started looking into my heart. Stan, are you seeking God? Well, there's a few areas that I could brush up on. I got to thinking. You know, I really should be getting out my Bible, not just studying prophecy, not just preparing a sermon, not just preparing a 30-minute program for Prophecy Club, but to just open my Bible. Lord, Show me the Bible where you want me to read. Not five minutes, not 15 minutes, but spend some time with the Lord. And I was convicted. I thought, you know what, Stan? It's been a long time since you've done that. It's been a long time since you popped that Bible open and just said, Lord, speak to me. And just spent an evening just reading. Just reading what he wants to show me. Where he shows me this. And by the way, when I do that, guess what I find? I find some big nuggets, man. You're talking about gold. <laughs> and God is always writing in my Bible. I know they say that it was written years ago and hadn't changed. But mine, he sneaks in extra words because I've never seen those words before. <laughs> he must have put that. You put, you added that to the Bible. No, I didn't add that to the Bible. You just didn't see it before. Because you haven't been spending enough time with me. But Lord, I have a prayer closet. Stan. I want more time. I want more time with you. So I purposed all day long yesterday to remember to open my Bible and to sit down and read, to spend some time with the Lord.
But now I watched the ball game. I watched my Jayhawks win, but I forgot about the Lord. Anyone need to hear this? So I've already purposed, before I go pick up Leslie at 545 this afternoon, I'm going to dig out my paper Bible, because I do everything, you know, electronic these days, cut, paste, cut, paste, make the PowerPoint, record, put it on the internet, YouTube, okay, but I mean, I, I spend time in the Word, but it's not time with Him. There's a difference. See, right, like, you can come here to church and... It's, it's a possibility that you can spend time with him. But what, what, what I really saw in these guys is they're Christians, they're going to church, and they're involved in the world. They can tell you about America's greatest talent. They can tell you about American Idol. But when's the last time you pulled out your paper Bible? And by the way, it's okay to use electronic Bibles too. <clears throat> and just say, Lord... In Jesus' name, speak to me. Show me. What do, what do you want me to read? And then just start reading. And by the way, before we read, in case you... <laughs> well, let's put this. Once you've spent some time with him, you discover a few things. Like, before we start reading, we start praying. Right? Lord, wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is of the darkness, and the light dwelleth with you. Lord, open your scriptures. Show me the deep and secret things. When I was writing the book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, and I was constantly in the Word, in the Word, and I could, I could, he was here, you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He was here. Like, here. Not here. Here. He was here. Lord, show me the deep and secret things. Lord, show me the deep and secret things. Lord, show me the deep and constantly, constantly, constantly. Read. Study. Read. I was spending time with him. spending more time with him. And I've been missing that time. And that's what I want to talk to you about. That's what I felt led to talk to you about. These guys playing racquetball, they're not seeking the Lord. They're watching America's talent, <laughs> the American Idol. They're paying the bills. They're raising the kids, trying to keep the wife happy or the husband happy, right? It's easy to get caught up in the world out there. But this world is going to go away. But he won't go away. See, when we have spent time with him, just like the scriptures you read so good this morning. I don't know about you, but that was hitting my heart, right? I need to spend more time with the Lord. That's what you've really been laying on my heart. Spend more time with you. Open the Bible. Read. But, and now here's, here's another thing. Well, I read three chapters. I read for 15 minutes. Did you spend time with him? When I do that, I feel the anointing come on me. I feel him here. He's talking to me. 
And that's when all of a sudden all kinds of good things happen out there. Because when I'm seeking Him and I'm spending time with Him, then He fixes a lot of things out there that I can't fix. Plumbing problems, you don't have to call a plumber. Oh. (laughs) True though. True. He fixes problems with our children. I got a wayward son. Last time I saw him, we went out to eat, sitting next to my grandson, 12 years old. He turns to me and says, well, what do you do for a living? My son had not even told him that I'm a pastor. Do you have Jesus in your heart? Uh... I think it was between I don't think so, I don't know so, and who's Jesus? They never go to church. (coughs) But I've got a God that has got a hold of the heartstrings of every person on earth. He doesn't just know every hair on our head or our face. He knows everything about us, every thought, every word, every deed, past, present, and future, but it's not that. He knows about every person from in the beginning to it is done. From amen, from in the beginning to amen. He knows everything about him. So I pray, my prayer closet, I pray. Lord, I've been praying this a lot lately. I pray, Lord, that you would get after his heart. Send your Holy Spirit to his heart. Cause him to start seeking you. See, that's what the the racquetball guys, and that's what, and frankly, in our life today, it's easily, it's easy to forget to seek him. Okay, fine, we got a job, paying the bills. But are we seeking him? He says, seek me first and the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all the other things be added to you. In other words, when we seek him, when we spend time with him, then he will show us things, great mighty things that we know not. He will speak to us. He will guide us. He will be that lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He will be that voice behind us speaking to us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. He will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that not be room enough to receive. Things like putting seven one-ounce gold coins in that mailbox out there to pay for the printing of that book. That was his money. He paid for that book. when we spend time with him you can tell it let me put it this way have you ever been around someone a couple that you knew wasn't married but you could tell they'd been doing it I mean let's get real here okay 
So if we can pick that up about a couple, do you think people can pick up when we've been spending time with the Lord? See, like Mr. Flournoy's talk this morning, you can tell Brandon been spending time with the Lord. You can tell it. Their demeanor, the way they are, the spirit, the way they walk. His heart is to please the Lord. And that's what he's laid in my heart for us all today. Are we seeking the Lord? Are we spending time with Him? Or, and it's easy to do, have we allowed ourselves to get caught up in the world and the things of the world? Don't get me wrong. I'm excited because I got the solar system. And I love telling people about the solar system we just got on the house. And I got a great deal and, you know, low financing and it's... But spending time with the Lord is more important. (coughs) Spending time with the Lord, you're praying for somebody and the prayers are answered. They are healed. And then he turns around and sends you back to the guy to lead him to the Lord because 48 hours later his heart's going to stop beating. And he's going to be standing before him. Because you spent time with the Lord. So we just open our Bible. Lord, show me the deep and secret things. Maybe before you open the Bible, just say, Lord, when it opens, just I'm going to flip, just wherever it comes out, I'm going to start reading. You just show me what I need to read today. And then you're going to see, like one guy said, uh, it's, it's not that we don't read the Bible enough because we don't understand it. It's that because we do understand it. You notice they didn't call them the Ten Suggestions. The Ten Commandments, okay? Like one billboard I saw said, read the Bible, it'll scare the hell out of you. True? Lord, where, where do I need to read? Where do I need to study today? Open it and just spend an evening with him. Not 15 minutes. Maybe not even an hour. Spend an evening. Spend an evening. Get your, your cup of coffee or your milk or your tea or your chamomile or whatever it is. And your notebook. And your highlighters. Right? Have you done this? How many of you have done this? You, you know what I'm talking about, okay? You got your highlighter, you got your little pens or your little pencils, and your paper Bible. Oh, God, there's paper Bibles? <laughs> I got several of them. I got one's my prophecy Bible, <clears throat> and it's got marks, and it's got all my mistakes in it. Where I thought this, you know, this is the Antichrist, and I think, stupid. I need to erase that ink. What was I thinking about? That was 40 years ago, you know. We grow in the Lord, right? When we spend time with Him, all of a sudden our children call or they write and they say, Mom, I know I've said I'm coming to the Lord before, but this time I really am. I remember my my, my wayward days. You guys ever had those? I look at some of these young people and I say, I hope you never have any wayward days. But they will. They'll become a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter until they finally find out the devil's way is no good. But I think I came back to the Lord, and part of that was my mom told me, 
She says, I've been praying for you a lot. She said, the Lord been showing me some things you're doing. When we spend time with him, he shows us great and mighty things. He starts changing our heart. <clears throat> Just talking with someone this week. I don't know. I don't know. I'm fed up. I'm seriously thinking about filing for a divorce. So that couple's asked me to pray for them, so I've been praying for them. But what I've been praying is, the Lord, send your Holy Spirit out and show him and his wife their heart. Show them their heart. Because the Bible says our heart is continually evil. Who can know it? Show them their heart. Show them the things in them they need to change. See, because he can't fix her, and she can't fix him. Right? But God can fix them both. And when we see our heart, see, I've had people say, well, Stan's henpecked. Well, if you think I used to be henpecked, you ain't seen me around Leslie lately. Because ever since the Lord healed her and got her out of the hospital, I am her servant. And I will openly say it. Whatever you need, I'm running to it. And you know what? I don't think our marriage has been better. When I've absolutely, totally, 100% put her first. So I'm right in the middle of something. Can you do something for me? Yes. No hesitation. Well, can you get this off here? It's too hot. Yes. I'm taking care of her. <laughs> when we spend time with the Lord, <clears throat> His Spirit starts coming down into us and it starts changing us. Amen. It changes us so that we're not like the world as much. We're not like the boss we don't like as much. We're not as snappy at the husband or wife or the children or the customers. It's a good talk. Good talk. We're going to have him up here a lot more. Get used to it. Yes, he changes our heart. You can tell when someone... <clears throat> well, let me put it this way. Can you tell when someone is in sin, just being around them? Yes. Oh, I mean beyond when cuss words slip out of their mouth. That makes it easy. That's easy. Can you tell when they're lying to you? Can you tell? Yeah. Same thing. People can tell when you've been around the Lord, when you've been spending time with the Lord. I mean, take an evening. Take an evening. Get you something to drink. Get your highlighters, your pens. <clears throat> Lord, show me the deep and secret things. Show me what you want to show me. What do I need to see tonight, Lord? Or maybe this morning. 
And maybe it is only 15 minutes. By the way, 10 minutes is better than five minutes. 10 minutes is better than no minutes. So you don't have an evening. Take five minutes. Lord, show me. Show me what I need to see. And then just flip and all of a sudden, okay. And then all of a sudden it starts jumping at you. Come on. Starts jumping at you like, okay, okay, let me get a little deeper in this. I know somebody's been writing in my Bible because that wasn't there before. Or I've never seen this before. Or that's what that meant. Because now, are you getting this? We're getting a feeding. It's like climbing a rope. Then, when we've been spending time with him, talking about Bible time, that anointing, you know what I'm talking about, that anointing comes on us. Then we go into the prayer closet, we fall to our knees. And I saw a great sign in heaven. Seven angels having the seven last plagues from them has filled up the wrath of God. And I beheld, I saw as it were, a sea of glass, and them mingled with fire. Them got victory over the beast, over his mark, over his image, over the number of his name, stand upon the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of the Lamb. They sing the song of the Lamb, and saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments have been made manifest. And I saw as it were. <clears throat> the word comes out of you because the word's in you. And we use that in our praise and worship. We use that in our prayer closet. We use that when we're driving down the road. And then when we pull up and we're about to pull out in traffic and it looks clear, and then he speaks to us and says, you're about to have an accident. Well, if I'm about to have an accident, I plead the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. So I pulled out what looked like it was clear, but it wasn't clear. But the blood of Jesus fixed it. Why? Because we're spending time with him. Then he'll speak to you and say, Tony, I need you to go to Honduras. I have the money. Tony, I said go to Honduras. Alfredo, I need you to go to Mexico. You see what I'm saying? He'll speak to us and show us things that we didn't know. All of a sudden, the whole world starts, we start seeing things differently. We start feeling things differently because now we're walking with him. We're not in the world as much. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Anybody need this? I'm having trouble getting the Bible to play in my car. I bought a new MP3, you know, these little bitty MP3, and, and it doesn't work so good, and I still haven't got it to work so good. 
I like it to be able to just automatically start when I start my car, as it used to with the other car, but this new car just, not a new car, it's a new used car, but anyway. <clears throat> but I like it when I turn the car on, it starts playing the Bible. And I catch myself driving and not listening. But that's the way it is in life. Sometimes we catch ourselves living life and not listening. When we spent time with him, he says that my sheep, I know that they will not follow. My sheep know my voice. We learn his voice from spending time with him. So I think that's the real thing he wanted me to bring to you today is, are we seeking him? Or is, well, you know, I, I asked Jesus into my heart. I mean, I'm saved. I mean, what else do I need to do? I go to church once in a while. I toss in the bucket once in a while. What do you want? The answer is a whole lot more. <laughs> the, the, that's right. the answer is I want a lot more of you. Now, wait a minute. <clears throat> Are you telling me that if I will just sit down Pray first, God will show me the Bible, where I should read. And then are you saying, if I start reading the Bible, he will start speaking to me? Are you saying I'll start understanding it more? And you're saying that that's going to give me a lot of other benefits in a lot of other areas? Well, yes. (laughs) If we're not spending time with him, then we get this dryness. That was a good place for an amen. amen. We get a dryness amen. in our spirit. It's like we're dry. But then when we're spending time with him, it's like, <clears throat> okay. I'm, I've been trying to avoid this topic. I've been trying to avoid this because I know if I talk about it, I'll get emotional but I will try to talk about it. So, by the way, we think we figured out what caused Leslie's stroke. Same thing gave me a kidney stone. I got a, well, as of two weeks ago, I got an eight millimeter kidney stone on my left side. So says the x-ray. Same pill gave me a kidney stone probably is what caused her stroke. Which, by the way, wound up in the trash this morning. But I called her to me and I said, come here. I said, I, I, I can't talk about it. I just have, I'll try. I said, I just have to love you. Let me just, just hug you. I just have to love you. I just have to spend some time just loving you. That's what Jesus is wanting. He's wanting us to just spend some time with him. Yeah, yeah. He's got the Kleenex ready. <clears throat> he just wants us to spend some time with him. It's not that tough. But see, AGT is wanting your time. American Idol is wanting your time. The boss is wanting your time. The husband or the wife or the kids are wanting your time. 
but so is he. Are you hearing it this morning? You should be hearing it. That's not just my head and my my chest. It should be the Lord is saying, I want more of you. I want more time from you. When we spend time with him, he fixes things like a wayward son down in Austin that never goes to church. Because I got a hold of the God that's got a hold of his heartstrings. I'm praying, Lord, I ask all of my children, <clears throat> all of my grandchildren, all my brothers and sisters, all of their children, all of their grandchildren, all to make certain that their name is in your book. Yep. When we spend time with him, this love starts coming to our heart. I told Leslie that, that it's like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Maybe someday, but there was, she, it was a real wake-up call. Uh, scared me to death. Scared Leslie to death. I mean, you can't imagine to see your wife, and she cannot speak. I mean, literally, she cannot say a syllable. It comes out like, and it didn't go away. She could not talk. The right side of her face just was like clay, just melting down. She was talking out of the side of her mouth. I mean, I've heard people talking about it. Well, you're talking about the other side of the mouth. She was. Right arm did not move. Could not move. Right leg, right side of her body would just hang in there. That'll get your attention. Because I fell on my knees. I try not to be emotional. But I fell on my knees, and all of a sudden, when I'm there, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm remembering all of the time I spent in the Word, I'm remembering all of the times I've spent in the prayer closet. Are you with me? I'm thinking all of the things that have done to try to serve the Lord, to try to spend time with Him. And I'm calling in every favor. That's right. But if we haven't been spending time with Him, Well, you're just a doomsdayer. I get emails that say that. You're just a you. You're just trying to. You're a fear monger. That's what you are. You're just trying to scare the people. Well, I, I'm trying to scare the hell out of them. In a Christian way, you understand that's that's a secular term, but it's a Christian meaning. <clears throat> because. If they can get scared enough to come out of the world, then maybe they'll start seeking Jesus, start spending time with him. That's where the real happiness is. Right? Hopefully today, 
including me, we've all redoubled our commitment to spend some time with him. If we spend time with him, do I have to finish that sentence? Spend time with him. Spend time with him. Lord, we love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all that we are. And forgive us for living in America, a nation that is so blessed with such technology, things like America's Got Talent, and other things that do so easily pull us away from you. Forgive us for getting caught up in the world and the things of the world. Forgive us. And Lord, we say right now before you, with a new determination, we are going to spend time with you on a regular basis. We're going to spend time with you because we love you, because we know that you are the center of the world, you are the center of our world, you are the center of our focus. We spend time with you. We love you. And we thank you for this reminder. And we also will thank you to continue to remind us because we know we'll forget again. But keep reminding us because we're forgetful. Remind us to spend time with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I also want to encourage you to come. Would you hand me one of those? My back is hurting. If I bend over, it will yelp. What? Somebody interpret. I can't hear. Okay, just a second. Let me <clears throat> be sure and come to hear Shauna Martell on the 29th. Be sure, be sure, mark your calendar and come. Yes.